Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your presence in the hearts and minds of people all over this world. God, we thank you for a spirit of peace in this nation. God, we thank you for bringing a stop to the violence. We thank you for every heart that's mourning this morning. God, we ask that you would move on your people. Get them to understand that you are the Prince of Peace. And it is your peace that you live with us. So God, we thank you for that. Heal this nation. Heal this house. God, we thank you for it. Let your kingdom be manifested in these people and every soul that they come in contact with. And let your kingdom have dominion over every circumstance and every situation. And we give you praise for that. Thank you for healing these bodies. Ordering these minds to function correctly. And for hearts that will learn to love just as you commanded. God, we give you praise for it. So God, we thank you now for all the people who are praying, who are setting themselves in agreement and faith, believing that the things that we ask will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm tired every morning waking up to the news of another mass shooting. I want to tell you something before I get started. Uh, something has changed in this, this country and, and you, you may not be really aware of it because it's a subtle change. You know, it used to be that we said that a generation was 40 years, you know, so we, we think that people tend to change every 40 years. And then we figured out, no, it's about 20 years. Well, now we can tell you it probably changes about every five years. And what am I saying? The kind of things that you expose your children to today, they are too young to process it, but you talk to them like they're grown. When you, when you create a problem in the house, when you talk about people, you talk about events, and you talk about how I hate this one and I don't like that one, they listen. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about everywhere. And they have a tendency to want to act out what they're hearing because they want to do it because it pleases you. So if you don't learn how to control your mouth around your children now, you're just raising another generation of mass murderers. 
See, in my day, they had something called grown folks business. I know y'all don't know anything about that. Children didn't know our business. I said, but we just talk anything in front of them and not believe that they're not going to process it. That's, come on, stop. You want to have a, a frank conversation, go get in your car. Because you can't close the door because they're going to listen. Amen. But the seed is planted. I don't like this one. I don't like that. And it's always the I don't likes. That is the seed for hate. Amen. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I got a message to do. Okay. I'm just bothered by this. Uh, I guess my question is, where is it safe today? Where do you go that you don't have to keep looking? Now, of course, I always look. But, <laughs> but where can you go? All right. All right. First Peter chapter four. I'm sorry. First Peter chapter four. <laughs> Verse one says this, it says, therefore, now whenever there's a therefore, you need to know why it's therefore. That's because he has given us some information prior to this, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. He says, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live in the rest of his time. Remember that rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough time. <laughs> we have spent enough <laughs> of our past feelings. I don't know why I put time in there because that's what's in my mind. <laughs> we have spent enough of our past lifetimes and doing the will of the Gentiles when we walk in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. The reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to the, uh, excuse me, according to God in the spirit. Amen. My thought this morning is very simple. And you have, to, you have to kind of put it in context. It's called the right attitude towards you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now you ain't got it. So look at your neighbor and say, you know, I want to have the right attitude towards you. <laughs> and you see the other part? Huh? Tell somebody else. 
Tell them that. This is good. I like this. You can be seen. <laughs> I'm glad the title made you laugh. Because <laughs> ain't much else going to be. <laughs> now, to understand what Peter is writing, uh, you need to go back and do some research. And obviously, uh, he begins in the middle of something. Now, what Peter does is, well, first of all, let me tell you this. When you go back to uh, chapter three, he begins to talk to us about some behaviors. Actually, he goes back to chapter two and he starts to tell us this. He says that uh, you need to, to, first of all, be in submission to government. Amen. And we know that that's not happening today. And I'm not going to talk about it because I don't have enough time. Then he said, you have to be submission in submission to masters. <laughs> and this is where most of us get off the train because we said, no, I ain't going back to that master thing. Amen. Mm -hmm. But just indulge me for a minute. The Bible says this in verse 18, servants, chapter two. It says, be submissive to your masters with fear, uh, not only for the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. That means if you work for a boss that's bad, you still got to be good. Amen. Why? The verse 19 says, because this is commendable. Is that what it says? Huh? Look at verse 21. Come on, help me out with this. For to this you were what? <laughs> Say what? I hear. I wouldn't call it this. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Amen. Then chapter three starts talking about submission to husbands, and which I'm not going to talk about at all. Amen. Then. Verse seven says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Dwell with. Okay, moving on. <laughs> now look at verse eight and nine. I'm, I'm gonna get to the mess in a minute. Look at verse eight and nine. It says, finally, all of you be of what? One mind having compassion for one another, compassion for one, compassion for one another. What does that mean? That means that when you hurt, I hurt. Huh? When you hurt, I hurt. When I hurt, he hurts. We don't get to help people because we don't hurt for them so he can help them. That's so simple, it just defies your understanding, I know. The Bible says, uh, be tenderhearted. Oh, let's lost another half of you. And this next we're gonna get the rest of the folk off the train. <laughs> be courteous. 
Excuse me. Thank you. Please. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You don't have to do that stuff. You know, we, we don't do that anymore. That's, that's what we used to do when we were under the slave master. Well, which one of y'all been under slaves? Oh. Okay, he says, not returning evil <clears throat> for evil <laughs> or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessings. You know how the world would change if we started blessing one another? Hmm? Wait a minute now. He says, blessing. Watch this. Knowing that you were there it is again. What did he say? You were called to this. Is that what it says? Now, I'm not adding anything to scripture. He said you were called to this. <laughs> that what? You may inherit Now, I mentioned to some of the leaders last night that our inheritance is being held up because of this right here. We're always talking about we're going to inherit the kingdom. No, you ain't. Because you're mean. Yeah. Not y'all. Not, not. <laughs> See, ain't nobody laughing now, huh? I didn't mean that to sound the way it sounded, but I meant it to be what it said. <laughs> and then, you know, you look at verse 18, he talks about Christ's suffering. And I'm not going to go through that because it becomes too controversial for most of you. And you have a problem understanding about this thing that you believe where Jesus went to hell and preached to people and they got saved. Didn't happen, okay? Amen. All right. Verse 20 says, formerly, uh, who were formerly disobedient, now, that could be you. Amen. But it says, who, uh, when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of what? Okay, y'all weren't there, were you? No. Okay, well, stop talking about what happened when Jesus was crucified and he died and went to hell and preached to everybody. He can't do that because if he were to go into hell and preach to people and they got saved, then we'd all have to be saved whether we wanted to or not. We just do, live like we wanted to and wait to die. And when Jesus shows up, we get saved. Never happened, okay? All right. Which brings us to the lesson today. Wow. <laughs> I used 10 of my minutes on that. Here's what it says in, in the first verse. Therefore, therefore, because you have the right relationships to uh, government, to uh, family, to bosses, because you have all these right relationships. He says, therefore, since Christ suffered, because we already said this is what you were called to, right? He said, for us in the flesh, arm yourselves. Now, <laughs> Believers ought to be ready to suffer just like Christ suffered. He was crucified as a human being, flesh. 
If you don't crucify the flesh, then you cannot be a part of him. Now, becoming a part of him, uh, we have to go back one more time. Can I go back to chapter three one more time to show you something? The Bible says this was the antitype in verse 21, which now, uh, 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 excuse me, which now saves baptism. And see, if we're not baptized into Christ, the Bible says we can't share with him. And therefore, our flesh is still alive. Our flesh is still alive. Our flesh is still alive. The Bible says that uh, you have to arm yourself. Arm yourself is a military term. It means that I'm putting on the full armor of God because I'm ready to do some fighting. Not with flesh and blood. Are you understanding this? He says that, that uh, we arm ourselves with the same intention, the same attitude, and the same mindset. Same intention, same attitude, and the same mindset of Christ. Christ had this mindset. Now, I want you to think about it for a moment. He willingly went to the cross for you. He willingly went to the cross for you. One more time. He willingly went to the cross for you. That means that you have to be willing to have compassion on somebody else because that's what he did for you. Are you with me? So the Bible said, come on now, y'all kind of slow with that one. And let me tell you why. Uh, <laughs> we have to come to the place that we come past our suffering to his purpose. The, your suffering is for a purpose, but you have to go past your suffering to get to his purpose. If the suffering is burdensome, if it is hard, if it's deliberate, uh, you can't quit. Now, the agony that Christ went through to get to the cross is the same agony that you're going to go through to get to the cross so you can crucify this flesh. So here's what he says. Now, I love this. He says that uh, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, when I first read that, I said, wait a minute. What does that mean? Cease from sin that you did. Spiritually, yes. Because unless you suffer to the point that your flesh has died to sin, then you're going to keep fighting. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all these nice ways. We, we, we have a desire uh, to avenge ourselves. Amen. And that seems to be the power that keeps us going. That's wrong. Amen. See, what Christ is saying is that when I show you something that's wrong in your life, when I show you something that's wrong in your life. 
When I show you something that's wrong in your life, you need to suffer through that thing until you change. What we do is when you see something wrong in my life, you talk about me. Like ain't nothing wrong in yours. Hmm? You got a kitchen full of dirty dishes and you've been to somebody's house, man, they got a nasty house. Huh? You never think for a moment that your sink is full of dirty. You never see those dishes. Hmm? I got one more. Let, 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 look. Y'all gonna have communion in a minute, so I'm gonna. <laughs> How about your bad churn that don't that you don't see and you don't hear? Huh? They crawling all up under the tables and kicking people on the plane and doing and and you going, oh, he just playing. Well, let him play with you. You know, the biggest, the quickest way to get into a fight with somebody is correct their children. And the, way, the quickest way to send a child to hell is not correct them. Y'all with me? So here we go. We see what somebody else does and we capitalize on what they did while we cannot see what we're doing. The mere fact that we're capitalizing on their suffering is proof that we need to be doing something about us. Not one of you can fix anything in my house because it's my house. I don't care if my grass is knee high. It's my grass and I'll cut it when I get around to it. Hmm? I'm just saying. Now, if the grass bothers you, you can come to me and say, listen, uh, uh, Bishop, can I hire somebody to cut that grass? And I say, go ahead. But that ain't what you're going to say. Wonder why he won't cut that grass. Look like don't nobody live there. Look at that. Look at that mess. Pastor, I ain't seen that in the scripture. Nowhere. I did not see that. I know you're looking at the wrong place. <laughs> he says that you have to arm yourself for this battle. <laughs> now, listen. It's easy for us to get accustomed to sin. Amen. 
When I was, uh, I don't know what they do today, but uh, back in my day, when I was in the Army, they had what they call uh, training for night vision. Any of y'all in the military know what I'm talking about? Well, what they used to do is, now, remember now, I haven't been in the military over 50 years, so I'm sure, I'm sure that they've come up with a better method now. <laughs> but when I was in, what they would do is they would take you to the, the theater and turn everything off and let you sit for two hours in total darkness. And what you have is you, 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 your, your eyes adapt to the darkness. Then they bring you out at night in an area that's not lit at all and you're amazed at what you can see. Because your eyes quickly adapt to seeing in darkness. That's why it's easy for sin to captivate us because we can see in the dark and it's so subtle that we don't even know that our vision has adapted to the darkness. That's why people can't see their own situations. And that's why they can see yours. <laughs> Theirs is in the dark and yours is illuminated. Hmm? I used to say all the time, I wonder why the church police can always spot something wrong. Let me use a sports metaphor. Game knows game. <laughs> now, if you don't know anything about sports, you had to ask your neighbor, say, what are you talking about? Game knows game. <laughs> so he says, listen, he says this, when you suffered in the flesh that you cease from sin. Now, what does that mean? That means, listen, when I have been through something and I come out of that thing and I have been delivered, I don't do that thing again. Amen. I suffered through it. Now, let me tell you something. If you think that you made a change and nothing happened, you ain't feel nothing. You ain't see nothing. You just got up one day and you was brand new. It's coming back. You don't get a testimony without a Y'all listen to me? So then when people are going through, they learn how to navigate that suffering for the glory of God. They don't become a victim. They become victorious. See, what we do is we like we we like to spread the suffering around. You get a little bit, you get a little bit, you get a little bit. Because we're going to tell everybody how bad it is. But when you're suffering for the glory of God, you know that this thing is bringing about a change in you. And you're going to have to stay there until it changes. Amen. And I know some of us have been through changes. We know what it feels like to suffer. Huh? I'm not talking like you all. I'm not talking about... Uh, you can't pay your bills. That ain't suffering. 
Everybody like. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. If you don't make no bills, you ain't to pay no bills. There ain't no suffering there. We ain't talking about suffering because you're sick. I know that's what you think. No, it ain't got nothing to do with you being sick. You live in a body, it's going to fight you. Hmm? Suffering is living in your body. Period. No, the kind of suffering I'm talking about is totally different. It's when they come after your flesh. Your family. That's the kind of suffering I'm talking about. Where they nail you to the wall. Come on. You know, the old gospel writer always sing song about being talked about. And they don't say abused. abused. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of suffering that provokes you to want to come out of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. See, if it was sickness, you said, Lord, heal me. But if it's folks, you ain't going to say that. You know what you're going to say. Yeah. And you can't say it in church. So. (laughs) But it's when they come after you. When when they who is they the enemy when he comes after you. He wants you off your game. He don't want you to be able to call on the name of Jesus. He wants you to be focused on somebody so you can talk about the somebody. You'll talk about anything but Jesus. You want the attention solely on the sufferer and the suffering. Amen. That's why when we get through that, we cease from sin because I'm going to quit talking about you. <laughs> quit fooling with you. Amen. Or whatever I need to do to get delivered of you. Amen. 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 I, love, I love good, good real life preaching. You know that? Y'all like to play games. I ain't got no games. Bible says that if, listen now, if I suffer in the flesh, if I suffer because of my human nature, he says that's not going to stop me from sinning. The case in point would be, uh, don't turn there, just write it down. Exodus chapter 11 and look specifically at (laughs) verse 10. And what you're going to find that that's where uh, Moses had gone to Pharaoh nine times. And they're now on the 10th plague. And Jesus said, now, uh, Moses, go one more time. But he ain't going to do what we ask him to do because his heart is hard. He ain't, ain't going to change. Pressure won't cause you just to change. As a matter of fact, it'll make your heart. Hmm? 
because you dig in. Okay, let me put it this way. Because I don't like, you know, fake examples. So let me just say this. Has anybody made you mad ever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Dr. Phil would say, how'd that make you feel? Now, I know that the first thing you did is you fell on your knees and you said, Lord Jesus, I want you to deliver me from brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Lord, I need you to come in and work a miracle so they won't be messing with me no more. That's what you said, right? No. The first thing you did You talked about it. You called somebody. Mama, daddy, sister, brother, cousin, uncle, the guy on the street. You don't call. Do you know what they did to me? So now, where is Jesus in the middle of all this? And how long do you deal with this before you realize, hold on here. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. How long? And see, the problem is, is that sometimes you can stay at the party too long. Some of y'all have been to the party. <laughs> Human desires are still present in believers, but they can be put aside in order to seek out and follow the, here it is, the will of God. You have to put your human desires aside so you can do the will of God. Amen. And see, what happened is that, that uh, <laughs> We always understand that, that our human desires uh, are good. They're not. Your fleshy desires are negative. Because you want to gratify. But three times we showed you that the Bible says, to this you were what? Y'all still with me? So the Bible says that uh, these desires war against the soul. I got that scripture somewhere. Yeah, First uh, Peter chapter two, verse eleven. It says, "Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain, abstain from fleshy lusts, which war against the soul." Your flesh is telling you what you're gonna do to that person, how you're gonna get him, what you're gonna say to him, huh? He said, abstain from that. He said, they're in, in opposition to the will of God. Here's what Martin Luther says. Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that's really your God. Mm. That's why one of those things listed here in this list of vices is idolatry. 
because a lot of us are more focused on uh, a problem than we are the solution who is Christ. Hmm? Obeying God even when suffering, ridicule, or rejection will strengthen us morally and spiritually. And you know, it's funny. I know y'all don't think much about it. When the Bible talks about ridicule and rejection, you know, those are the things that are problems for saints. You think that your suffering has to do with your physical needs and we just talked about it, your sickness, all that. No, no, no. It's the things that affect you in terms of being rejected or in uh, most cases, it's talked about. It's the kind of thing the Bible talks more about slander and, and, and uh, uh, hypocrisy. Come on, y'all read this stuff. I don't, I don't make this stuff up. These are problems for saints. This is your easily besetting saint. You don't want folks coming against you. Because your first question is, why are you coming after me? You don't have a clue why they have picked you out. You know what the answer is, right? Because you were there. What? Because you were there. Here you are. Once my friend. Once used to hang with me. We used to party together. I got saved. You didn't. And now I'm the object of the ridicule. And you coming after me. Huh? See, we always got this idea about how we should go after sinners. But did you ever think about the fact that they are always coming after you? Yeah, they, they ought to get you now. Yeah. The will of God is not a burden that Jesus places on us, but rather it's a divine enjoyment and enablement that makes all the burdens light. Every time you have a victory. See, the, the, let me put it this way. The thing that they say about you that is the worst possible thing you can imagine. If you survive that, the rest of it. Huh? When they finish calling you names and talking about you and, and you still standing. And surprise, that's the only way you're going to get delivered. Does the devil ever bring up your sickness or your brokenness? Does he ever bring that stuff up? No. You live in a million dollar mansion, the devil never comes in and says, you remember when you was broke? <laughs> huh? When you're out there running a marathon, the devil never stops and says, you remember when you couldn't walk? He doesn't do that. What he says is, remember what they said about you? Stop you dead in your tracks if you're not delivered. 
We do. We do some strange stuff. We say, where'd you get that from? We know where it came from. It came from the devil. Well, 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 that ain't me no more. I don't, I don't do that anymore. Let me tell you what. That's a sign of fear. Amen. You ain't got to be scared of no devil. Yeah. Amen. Hmm? Instead of going, where you get that from? I... <laughs> In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you and every trick. Get out of my face before I call Jesus. <laughs> Messing with me. <sighs> well, y'all know I'm not going to finish this, but I'm going to get close. Now, we may not always understand what God is doing, but what we do know that he's doing what's best for us. Yes. And see, that's the thing. We trust him enough to believe that what he's doing in our life is always going to be best. We don't live on explanations. We live on promises. Yes. You understand? Uh, I don't need you to explain something. I'm not explaining things to you. I don't have to tell you why I do what I do. It ain't none of your business. Amen. Amen. Hmm? Amen. <laughs> now, the Bible says this. The will of the Gentiles means the will of the unsaved world. Uh, whenever we talk about Gentiles, here's what the Bible means when it says Gentile. It is those people who are outside of the covenant. Those people who are outside of the covenant. When people are not in covenant relationship with Christ, you don't have to be concerned with what they say or what they do. Because they're outside the covenant. Uh, let me put it this way, because see, some of you don't get this. Even if what they say about you is the truth, it's okay. Because you've been delivered from that truth. Amen. Now here's, here's something you got to, and I know it's going to take a minute or two to wrap your brain around this. You have to understand if you've been delivered from the lie, then what they're accusing you of is a lie, even though what you did was the truth. Take a minute and figure that out now. They said I was a, but I've been delivered from that. So now when you say I am and I'm not, then that makes what you said about me that was the truth when I was doing it a lie now that I'm not. First Peter. Chapter 2, verse 12. 
says this, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak, all right, here it is, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, by your good works, by your good works, <laughs> which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Your best witness is for people to see you doing the will of God. Now see, well, let me tell you, when I got saved, I, I, <laughs> I don't have more time, so I might as well just have, have a, a personal minute. When I got saved, uh, my witness was just being me. And people would say to me, I want to know what you did. <laughs> what did you do? See, it was easy for me to tell them about Jesus. Because they knew who I was. They knew who I was. So they say, if he can stop, <laughs> huh? But if your testimony is hiding like you didn't do it, how are you going to get delivered and how is somebody else going to see the witness? And again, in First Peter, he's still talking about talking about people, right? Yeah. Is that what he said? <laughs> now, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which you know we've talked about that forever. He said you have to be transformed. Your mind's changed so you, you're not the same person. Then Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 says, for this reason, uh, no, let's go to 2. He says, if indeed you have heard of the dissipation of the grace uh, dispensation of the grace of God, uh, which was given to me for you, excuse me, how, the, how that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery. And what is the mystery? The mystery that Paul talks about in Ephesians, the mystery of God is that God came to earth as a man, died for our sins, and was resurrected so we could live with it. It's the mystery that was hidden throughout the ages, but revealed in Jesus. Amen. So the Bible says this. It says that uh, whenever we look at this, this especially this verse of, uh, in verse three, it says, for having spent enough of our past lifetime doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked and here's it, lewdness, lust, drunkenness, anything you can think of. Now, most of us, when you see that list, always defer to sexual sins. It's appetite sins. Amen. Do you understand what I said? Amen. It's about the appetite. Amen. It's just that the most of the human race has an appetite for sex. Amen. But that... That was good right there. That was good. 
but he's talking, he's talking about uh, 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 appetites. And he says that even though these practices were forbidden by law because the Bible calls them abominable or illegal, it says they were often practiced in secret. So that's, that's why people know your past because most of the things that they can use against you, you did them in secret. Amen. It's hard to sin by yourself. It, it really is hard. All right. You can do it now, but you have to work at it. Uh, <laughs> so here it is. Suffering plus Christ in our lives can help us to have victory over sin because we are identified with him in his suffering and death. We can have victory over sin. How's that? The Bible says as we yield ourselves to God, we have the same attitude towards sin that Jesus had. See, that's the attitude you, you have to have. You don't sin because you're being restrained. See, that, that's not keeping you from sin. You sin because your appetite changes. You have a different desire. And I'm out of time, so I'm going to stop here and come back and pick this up tomorrow. I mean... <laughs> I had a flashback when I used to teach. Yeah, yeah. That's what I tell my students, you know. Right, we'll start right here and we'll pick it up again tomorrow. But for you, tomorrow is next week. All right, stand up on your feet. I'm not going to, because if I keep talking, I had to go one step further. And I, I'm not going to do that. So what has this man been talking about for the last 45 minutes? Been talking about you and me. I mean, I'm not going to exclude me. We all had this battle. When the Bible talks about arming yourself with the attitude, the mindset of Christ, you have to recognize who you are. You are a royal priesthood. And no matter what they say about you or say to you, more importantly, you have to understand that you are one of God's chosen vessels. And who you are is greater than they who are speaking it to you. See, I had a, 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 a mentor that used to always tell me this. He said, the way that you get even with your enemies is you outlive them. Now, I'm not talking longevity. I'm talking about quality of life. You outlive them. You don't stoop to their same antics. You don't give evil for evil. The Bible says instead you bless. Hmm? That's right. Hey, I've given money to people that I dearly despise. That's right. And I had to keep giving them money until I liked them. Hmm? Why? Because sometimes God will ask you to do some things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're not willing to do the uncomfortable, then you can't walk the streets of heaven and enjoy the time with him. Change requires effort on your part. 
And change requires some suffering on your part. Now, we've taken all these physical and uh, 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 spiritual things off the table. The only thing that's left is the thing that Peter's been talking about, but not just Peter. Jesus talked about quite a bit himself. It's about how people treat you. That's why he said that the first and the greatest commandment is what? Love. You got to love. And, and the thing that we have the most trouble with as saints is love. We don't like people. We don't like, we don't like. Let me tell you, uh, even when I hear people talk about, I don't like this when we talk about food, you got to stop that because nobody asks you what you like. I mean, seriously. No, no, nobody asks you what you like. You just grew up and, 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 and at a certain point in life, you learn how to make choices. Right? But when you're in somebody else's house, you... You can't not like something that mama put on the table. Look at y'all. Look at y'all. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what you messed up your turn. No, if, if, my, if mama put it on the table, that's it. You are not required to eat it. But that's all it's going to be. Oh, I had many nights I didn't eat anything. I ain't never tell my mom, I don't like that. I just didn't eat it. I might have told the first time. <laughs> I ain't telling no more. <laughs> Preferences are the result of your growing up. And it's the same thing with everything else in life. When you get a little older, your preferences should be toward, I shouldn't say older, mature, because I'm talking about at any age when you grow up, your preferences should be geared toward the will of God. Amen. I should prefer yes. to do the will of God yes. rather than to participate in sin. Yes. Now, if you read the scripture completely, you'll find that what they said is that the people who talk about you are the people who hung with you. It got just close enough to see behind the curtain and told all your stuff. Hmm? And wait, I'm gonna I, I got to say this. I got to say this. I got to say this. Did y'all quit filming yet? Okay, well, I got to say this because how is it then that when somebody says something about somebody and they get offended, why is it the whole church's fault? Now, when y'all get the answer that, y'all, you can send it to me. Send me an email, text, carrier pigeon. I don't care. I want to know why the whole church is to blame for your discomfort. And when did anybody go around and take this poll? And nobody asked me, did you get a, you, you get a question there? No. So how does everybody know that everybody feels that way. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> All right. But now, 
The whole purpose of communion is to unite his body with ours. Now, you may not have suffered from the mouth of some enemy. All I say to you is hold on. Those of you who have been delivered, I say to you, tell somebody. Because everybody's going to go through this. We all were born in sin. And it was the shedding blood of Jesus Christ that caused us to be here today. And we are still covered by that blood. And the only way we're going to survive this onslaught, because the attacks are ramping up. I got, because of what's going on in this country in the last eight years, I said the last eight years, because you have to understand it started in the uh, Obama administration all the way through uh, Trump administration to Biden. Violence has been escalating. Remember Obama? You lie. And since then, this nation has been on a trend towards self-destruction. A lot of it's been physical, but most of it is verbal. As the church, you can't buy into that. Don't be talking about each other. Help each other. Like I say, if you got a problem with my yard, hire somebody to fix it. You don't like the way my clothes look, buy me some. Huh? Think the color of my house is gross? Paint it. No, hire a painter, don't. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Come on, stop taking, a, taking us down for stuff that is in the flesh. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay? So today as we begin to celebrate the Eucharist, I want you to be thinking in your mind, in your heart, in your sanctified mind, I want you to be thinking that I'm new. I'm different. I've changed. I'm new. I'm different. I've changed. Come on, I'm serious. I'm new. I've changed. I'm different. And when we get that in our spirit, then we also can be changed. Come on, baby. Be transformed in the image of him who called us. Now, Paul gives us this record. And All right, family. Once again, thank you so much for joining us today. But we can't go anywhere without extending the opportunity for salvation. Uh, some people are receiving that opportunity in-house. Uh, for those of you who are viewing, this opportunity is for you. This is a chance to change your life forever for the better. You don't want to pass this opportunity up. Now, does it guarantee that everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows? Absolutely not. But what it does guarantee you is eternal life. It guarantees you um, a safety with the Father. It guarantees you a community of believers around you who are headed the same direction, have experienced some of the same struggles, and can help you through those things that you are dealing with. So, if I'm talking to you, I want you to join me in this simple prayer. It's as simple as ABC. First, admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe Christ died for your sins. And thirdly, confess that he is Lord of your life. If that's something that you're ready to do, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, 
Forgive me, a sinner. I missed the mark and I've fallen short. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place on the cross at Calvary. Thank you that he rose from the grave with all power just for me. So I ask you, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my master, and I will always serve you. So now, I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, family, you have made one of the greatest decisions that you could ever make in your life. Matter of fact, it's the single greatest decision that you could ever make in your life. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. They're throwing a party for you right now in your honor. And listen, we are here partying with you and rooting for you and cheering you on um, because you have changed your life for the better. We want to connect with you. We don't want to spam you. We don't want to bug you. We don't want to bother you. But listen, if you prayed this prayer with us today, can you text the word SAVED to 252-627-9900? should be down here somewhere. 252-627-9900. Text the word SAVED to that number so we can connect with you and pray with you. Um, we have a, dev a devotional that will help solidify this faith journey. Um, we just want to be a part of what God is doing in your life. Uh, we want to be the community that surrounds you and prays with you and for you. And if you're in the New Bern area, hey, come check us out here in person. Um, if you're not in the New Bern area, let us know. We'll, we'll help you find some place wherever you are. Hey, and if by chance you do come check us out and you don't like what you find, let us know that as well because we will help you find something that suits you. We're not about growing a minute, our ministry. We're about growing the ministry, the kingdom of God. We want the kingdom family to grow and to be planted and to be rooted and to, to be solidified and be the best kingdom it could possibly be. Uh, we are all striving for the same goals. We don't all have the same assignment, but we all have the same goal. And so maybe our assignment is not your assignment. That's okay. We don't we don't care anything about that. We just want to get you to where uh, you feel comfortable and you feel at home, okay? All right, y'all, listen, I have enjoyed this time with you today. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your Sunday with us, all right? But uh, we got to wrap this thing up and get out of here. Um, we hope you have an amazing week. And just in case your week is not so amazing, make sure it has an amazing you. And until we get together again, God bless you. We love you. And we can't wait to see you next time.